0: Welcome, welcome. This is episode 225. I was going to call this a special report. Uh, I guess that's fair. But it's really not a report. It's a reflection. It's based upon a story I was told. And, and the story is true, but I'm going to be as nonspecific as possible just because I don't wish to uh, indict my source. So to speak. So it can either be called Uh, local elections still matter or my mayor's a Republican question mark. So, so many of you are aware that I actually live in McKinney, Texas. That is in Collin County, which had once upon a time was the reddest county in the reddest state in, uh, the country. Now, whether or not that's still the case is up for debate. And, um, I guess I would say I have my doubts that we qualify as the reddest county, or for that matter, the reddest state, because we've grown exponentially, and quite frankly, a lot of folks that are coming here bring their values, bring their voting record with them, and even those uh, alleged Republicans out of California, they're still left of almost every Republican in Texas that was here already. And I'm going to just give a free pass to all those young uh, Republicans or the uh, young conservatives or the children, if you will, that have just become adults because their parents deposit them in the uh, government indoctrination camp, also known as public schools, for 12 to 16 years. And they have not yet been deprogrammed on understanding what is what. So now my city uh, is over two hundred thousand people. Uh, I don't know if that number is two ten or two twenty at this point. It doesn't really matter. What does matter is the Collin County is over a million people, and we have twenty percent of that in my city, approximately. And my city has grown specifically west and northwest. Um. There is some build-out that's gone to the southwest uh, along 121. And there have been some things that have been kind of sort of nice in there. But otherwise, most of the growth used to be homes. Now it's multifamily homes. There's just not a lot of what I would call businesses or offices that have come into McKinney. Now, we can go back 20 years, and I can assure you that a lot of that was because McKinney wanted to be a bedroom community. McKinney didn't want the rapid, crazy growth. They didn't want um, apartments everywhere. They didn't even necessarily want all the businesses. Now, that changed at least 10 years ago. So it predates the current mayor. Let's just be clear. Uh, the, The current mayor took what he was given and built upon it. Um, but he didn't start the ball rolling. So the city of McKinney decided that they wanted to hang with the big boys and they wanted to to grow. And, you know, how can we do this? But what they didn't do is streamline the process. What they didn't do is make it easier for businesses to deal with the city. They didn't, um, work with the businesses and to streamline the processes. No, no, they, continue to be difficult to deal with and they continue to throw roadblocks and challenges up into small businesses or franchises that wanted to move in. They, to their credit, did pass over several large businesses that actually located in the surrounding cities whether it's Allen or Plano or in some instances even Melissa, they passed over that because those businesses were basically depend or dependent upon large incentive plans that would have essentially caused the city of McKinney to pay for everything for them. And that that's not a good deal. That's that's not benefiting the city of McKinney or, or the people who live here. So in the credit column, there's passing on a good number of these. Now, again, most of that predates the current administration. Most of that set the tone going forward, but it also avoided a giant burden being put upon us. Now, a lot of us are aware what happened with the school district and their, you know, big albatross uh, stadium that they put in probably the least favorable area in the city or the school district for that matter, but that ship sailed. And by and large, the Die was already cast on that before the. I don't want to say before, but certainly about the same time that the current uh, city administration came to be. So I'm not looking to shift blame on anybody, just trying to lay out the way I see it. Again, this is according to Council. So the entirety of the show is based upon my understanding of events and the way I see it. And if I get something wrong, well, you can feel free to chime in in the comments or send me a. Message explaining what I got wrong or where I got it wrong. But the underlying issue is we went from 50 some thousand people 20 some years ago to 200,000 some people now. And along the way, we made it exceedingly difficult for businesses that would want to come into McKinney and open up shop. But we greased the skids for several businesses that either relocated within the city or built newer buildings within the city and we ate a good chunk of the cost. And currently, we are looking at this massive expansion plan on the east side of Highway 5 for government offices. Now, for those of you unaware, it is exceedingly expensive to operate downtown or in the square if you have a business, mostly because there's just not a lot of property available to rent because the city offices have eaten up a lot of that vacant space, and so their solution, and, and I got to say, there is a legitimate need for a new office space for the city offices and the city hall. I don't know that we need the extravagant uh, Taj Mahal-esque thing they're going to put in, but I imagine a Fairview could justify theirs, the city of McKinney is going to do everything they can to justify theirs. Now, were there some uh, planning things that may be overlooked Some stuff, yes. Some would say it was intentional. Some would say it's unintentional. Don't know. Don't care. I wasn't there. What I find interesting is, is the Historic Preservation Board claims to have not been included in a good number of these uh, plans or issues. And my response is, well, that's because the city, the leadership didn't make it a priority. They didn't really want your input. Otherwise, you would have been included. So that's not your fault. But on the flip side, you kind of have a responsibility if you're the historical district to actually advocate for historical buildings in the district of a whole that falls under your purview. So it kind of goes both ways. Again, not necessarily pointing fingers, but just wanting to understand what's in play here. So our city administration has grandiose plans with Highway 5. Well, we can put a tunnel through there, or we can put a elevated park on top of the tunnel, or we could put an inverted uh, thoroughfare over, and then the park's underneath, or we can just make more space on Highway 5 to slow down traffic. Well, I guess in theory, I understand, and if, if I believed it was going to have the outcome that was being sold, I might be agreeable to some of the ideas, or honestly, if, if they found sponsors that were going to offset, I don't know, 30% of the cost for putting the tunnels in or whatever else, I'd be open to that. And some of those sponsors might include, I don't know, some of the large businesses that are east of highway five. I'm sure you're familiar with some of their names. I mean, they're the ones that are going to benefit more than the rest of us. They're the ones that basically uh, get to have their land value that they own over their increase at our expense. They're the ones that get to see better traffic to their businesses at our expense. They're the ones that get to see their investments pay off at our expense. Now I have nothing against businesses making investments and making money. That is the purpose of owning a business. But when you do it based upon manipulating the taxpayers funds, that's a problem. These so-called private public partnership is just a fancy way of describing fascism. I'm not excited about this at all. Now, I I already acknowledged that I can see a need or a benefit from a new office building for the city hall and their uh, various uh, city offices. I, I get that. Um, I don't know that it needs to be some large spread out um, campus. I, I'm fairly certain you could put it in a regular office building to be sufficient. I'm also fairly certain that the more land that they gobble up is only going to do the same to the land prices, which again, the, part of the reason they're doing it is because it benefits their friends. Of course, that's just wild speculation on my behalf. And I'm not going to present any evidence to support it because quite frankly, you can go look with your own eyes. So we watch this play out. and We watch all these fanfare and the patting on the back. And, oh, well, then they realize that, well, they told you they were going to save this building or they told you they were going to respect this building or they told you they were going to respect private property rights when, in fact, they have very little interest in actually doing that. And when, in fact, they've already got their plans in motion and they're going to do pretty much whatever they want and they don't care. Now, the current administration has a track record of this. The current administration uh, jumped the gun on the mask mandate. The current administration um, basically took part in annexing or no, I'm paying attention. using eminent domain to seize property from people that were already living on it and gave them a pittance to go away. But because they were poor people that lived in trailers, nobody cared. Right. Right. I mean, that's why we got a free pass. Never mind we've got a ton of homeless people and mentally ill people that live all over the downtown and, quite frankly, are not doing anything good for that downtown area. But they've done nothing about that either. We had, um, we'll call them, protests in the summer of 2020. And uh, they did really nothing to stop that. Which, i got to be honest, I was there for a couple of them. They were peaceful. I didn't see anything getting torn up. I didn't see any problems. I mean, they did make some wild threats and throw some accusations around, but by and large, they behaved themselves, the protesters, I mean, and the city issued restraint to their police. Uh, so we'll call that a wash. But now the current administration wants to basically gentrify, for lack of a better word, an entire section east of Highway 5. And while I have no direct problem with gentrification, if it's a normal process that happens organically by young people moving into an area and naturally refurbishing and upgrading the homes that are there to make them nicer, that's normal. That happens at a slow process. Nobody should have an issue with that. However, when the city comes in, using government money, government control, and hammers down on what they're going to do, they are, in effect, disrupting and disturbing the market. In fact, they're creating a run, if you will, a lack of land, a lack of homes. They're creating shortages that wouldn't naturally occur. Now, again... A lot of their friends are going to benefit, so they don't really care. In fact, the city will benefit, on paper at least. But at what cost? What are the long-term costs going to be to this? I don't know. But I would suspect that when you violate people's private property once, twice, and three times, you'll never ever stop. Indeed, They've basically run off or put out of business a good number of businesses that were in the downtown area because they, quite frankly, just couldn't afford to stay there any longer because of what they've done to the cost to do business down there. Now, you can't put that solely on the city government. The economy was rough. There were different things, including COVID going on. But the city should be looking out for what's best for the citizens. They should be looking out for what's best for the small business owners. They should be looking out for what's best for the property owners. Quite frankly, I don't see that being the case. I do see a few slim people that are going to benefit enormously, but it's going to be at the cost of the taxpayer's debt. It's going to be at the cost of you and I, as long as we continue to live in McKinney, having to pay off that debt so that... A few of those folks can live high off the hog on our expense. I'm really not okay with that. Now, this is not a unique occurrence to McKinney, nor is this a unique occurrence to our administration, nor is it a unique occurrence to only Democrats or Republicans. This is just the nature of local government and the way they tend to abuse power over time. And that's what we're observing right now. Now, I'm going to transition to the story. I gave you this groundwork so you can understand just the slim background of what's going on in my city. Give me a moment before I switch gears. Okay, on with the show. Here we go. So, I tell you this story based strictly on secondhand information. So, I am going to not use names. Though I have no doubt that at least a variation of what I'm going to tell you occurred, and I have no doubt that all the necessary facts are there, but I I don't want to quote anybody and I don't want to get into the exact nature because if for whatever reason I've got something wrong, I don't wish to discredit myself or anybody else. But I will tell you from what I know about the situation and the pre-existing information, this fits completely with my understanding of how things work. So I relayed you just my story about the administration in the city of McKinney. And I will tell you up front that I believe the previous administration the city of Allen was much the same. And currently, Plano is about 10 years ahead of both of us. Um, we could call it corruption. We could call it collusion. We could call it... Um, cook in the books, whatever. We could cast dispersions and make accusations all day long, but nothing matters if you can't prove it. But I will tell you, a lot of local officials see their local office as a springboard for higher office. Now, I watched this happen a couple years ago when uh, somebody that was a municipally elected official could no longer serve as a municipally elected official and decided to run for a partisan office that was essentially one step above where he was and I did my absolute best to contribute to getting him defeated in the primary. It's nothing personal but I would say after you've been in public office for about 30 years that's long enough. Just my thought on the matter. I mean I'm sure somebody could make an argument and if we exclude the uh, Dr. Ron Paul, the great Dr. Ron Paul, who probably had close to 30 years combined service in Congress, we'll call him the unicorn. Everybody else, yeah, no, I'll pass. So that being said, we have in Conley County the distinction of being a very red county in a very red state. Enough so that reliably in most elections, 60 plus percent of the people that actually show up to vote vote in the Republican side of the ticket. Now you can say that for some elections it's lower, some elections it's higher, but overall in the entirety of the county we're north of sixty percent red. To keep it real simple, red. And not communist red. Uh Patriot red blood red. Okay, whatever. I'm not quite sure why the Republicans stuck with red, but that's what we got. Okay. So the Republican Party has a commanding lead in the general population of Collin County. So anybody that runs in Collin County puts an R after their name. Unless you're in a couple little districts within Plano and I guess even maybe downtown McKinney, you might run with a D after your name, but you're probably not going to advertise it because you're generally not going to win. Now, love it or hate it, that's the way it is in Collin County. And once upon a time, it was like that, I guess, in Dallas and Tarrant County, but it's not anymore there because there's competitive races. And unfortunately for us, Dallas is completely lost. And the way it happened is because we're going to see right now. So there's a municipally elected official that is going to come to the end of their current service. Now there are rumors that The rules may be changed to alter that situation, and that may necessitate a separate independent uh, episode at some point in the future. But for right now, this individual is eyeing up a partisan race and, for whatever reason, thinks they would be competitive because they claim to be a Republican. Now, remember what I told you. Almost everybody that runs for office in Collin County claims to be a Republican. Every one of our elected officials that is in a partisan race is a Republican. And I will tell you, in my humble opinion, at least two of our elected officials at the statehouse level could arguably be called rhinos. Now, is that absolutely fair? Uh, you make your own decision. But I can, I can make an argument. At least two. And that being said, the commissioner's court is solidly Republican. And now there are maybe two of them that don't toe the line all the time the way I would like. But there's not a doubt in my mind they're Republican. And maybe only one of them would be squishy enough that you might want to use the epitaph rhino. And I don't think that would be fair, but I I would suspect that some might use it i think we're very solid at that level, and a state center we're solid, okay and the congress we we're in good shape. we'll just put it that way uh we have our former uh county judge that's going to be our next uh congressman, and uh I'm quite confident he's gonna do a great job and uh you know, the primary's over, he won, there's no way in God's green earth the Democrat wins that seat. So, in Collin County, if you're a municipally elected official, you're going to claim to be a Republican. And again, because 60% of the voters approximately claim to be a Republican, that's just what you're going to do. Now, in a municipal election, there is no party listed. So you're free to tell people pretty much whatever you want wherever you go and highlight the issues that you agree with them on. So you can go to a Democrat function and say, Well, we agree on these two, three, five, ten issues, and yeah, you can vote for me because I'm really a Democrat. And like good politicians, you'll then turn around and go to the Republicans and say, Hey, you know, we agree on these five, ten, four, three, two, one things. Uh And we like big business and we like the Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, I'm a good guy. You can vote for me. And you can sell that pitch. You can sell both sides of the aisle. And at least ideally in a municipal race, you're less concerned about the R and the D and more concerned about are they going to do what's best for the city? Are we going to do what's best for the school district? Are are we going to focus on the community that we're in? And that was the sales pitch for a good number of years. I would say that probably 2014 or 2016 disabused all of us of that. You have these people that call themselves Republicans that are in the municipal office that viciously attack the president that's allegedly of their same party. Now, look, I get it. There are a lot of people that were not big fans of Trump. And there was a lot of people that were crazy excited for Donald Trump. I was neither. But I get it. But if you claim to be a Republican, rule number 11 is you don't attack other Republicans. The 11th commandment, if you will. Particularly if you are fancying yourself as to be a viable candidate for a higher level office, which most people that run for municipal offices have that as their goal. And again, I don't fault them for that. It's a good way to go. It's called building a bench. I get it. Everybody, Everybody's on board. But here comes the fun part. This is, this is the part that is most enlightening to me personally. So said municipal official apparently has been able to run around convincing other people that are not from the area that, well, they are, in fact, good Republicans. Some of these people are quite wealthy and donate money. And, well, this elected official puts on a good show and is quite affable when he wants to be and is quite um, the presence. So I can see if you don't know any better, you might be fooled. If you haven't been around this person, you might believe what he tells you. If, if you just want a body to run, he will provide it. Now you can call me cynical, but that also could be called opportunistic. Just saying. But in this instance, they went so far as to have the person that wants to donate a large sum of money, reach out to a party official and encourage a party official to sit down with said municipal elected official official, and have the conversation, well, why this elected official is actually a good Republican. Now, this is somebody that apparently wants to donate some money to said municipal elected official, but wants to make sure that, first of all, the party is not going to impose them in their chosen candidate they want to give money to, and secondarily, that they're willing to accept the idea that, well, I'm willing to give you lots of money if you'll just pretend this guy is a Republican in good standing. Now, I'm not really sure what all transpired in that conversation, but I can tell you the gist of the story is the party official basically said, yes, but you're not a conservative and you're not even a Republican why would you want our well we know why why would you expect me or the party to endorse you that's the better question see there's this expectation that if you get into office that the party works for you if you get into office that the precinct chairs and the general public work for you but in fact that's not how it works and by and large, the Republican Party agrees that no, that's not how it works. Elected officials subscribe to the party. The party drives the story and the narrative and, you know, wants certain things done. Now, we fully understand as individuals that you can't make somebody do something. You cannot force somebody to do something uh, without using uh, force or duress, putting them under duress, and then they'll do it. But if somebody is free to make their own decision. You can't make them change. You can educate them. You can incentivize them. All that's well and good. (laughs) So this, the, the long story short here is it sounds as if said municipal elected official has their eyes set on a political office that would require buy-in from the partisans, which would be you and I as Republicans We need to understand that, well, he's really secretly a good Republican and he's just doing what he needs to do to go along to get along or whatever the story is. But once they run for office, they're going to really be one of us. They're going to really stand for what we stand for, that they're really good conservative Republicans. In fact, they went so far as to get somebody that was going to donate large sums of money to them to try and convince a party official that this is the case. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I sit back and I hear this story, and I think to myself, boy, that reeks of desperation. That reeks of, well, somebody thinking they have a very high opinion of themselves and that everybody else ought to believe it. It stinks of grift. It stinks of uh, abuse of power. Now, fortunately, the party official had the wherewithal Stones to just tell them the truth, you're not a Republican. And truth be told, uh, had I been in the room, I don't even think I would have sat down for that conversation. Now, as a party official, you're kind of required to, and, and if I would have been a party official, I would have sat down, but I don't know if I would have been able to stomach it. I'm familiar with this person, I'm familiar with the uh, actually two of the three individuals that were allegedly in this meeting. And I can very easily see how this conversation went and keeping in mind that said municipal elected official was trying to, <laughs> trying to tell a story that the other guy wasn't buying. Trying to sell something that he wasn't interested. In. Now those of you that live in Collin County you probably have a very good idea who I'm referring to. And uh, I'm not trying to hide it but I'm just not going to make it that easy. So that's going to be the story for today and I, like I said I don't know if uh, what I want to title it other than local elections matter. You see when you elect chameleons in a municipal race and then they have their eyes set on higher office they will Use everything they've picked up along the way to get there. We empower our own enemies by not policing those municipal races. You can't stay asleep because some nice lady's running for school board and she goes to that Baptist church and she's got to be all right. No, you need to pay closer attention. You cannot rest on your laurels when some guy comes in front of you and says, I'm a good church-going man, and I have more guns than you, and I'm more conservative than you. And then after eight years of watching them serving at the municipal level, you come to the conclusion that they were full of garbage all along. We have to watch these people. We need to keep good tabs on this so-called bench that's being utilized against us. If you care about the Republic, if you care about Texas, you got to watch these things. The local elections matter. And in case you're wondering, no, I don't think anybody actually believes my mayor's a Republican. Or for that matter, anybody in the school board or anybody, I'm sorry, with the exception of Chad Green, or anybody at any municipal elected office in the city of McKinney. Nobody believes that any of them are Republicans of good standing. Oh, they vote in the Republican primary because, like I said, that's really the only option they have. But when it comes down to brass tacks, these people will sell us out in a heartbeat, and we just got to stay on them. We got to watch what they're doing. We got to hold them accountable. Quite frankly, we need to defeat them in the next election cycle. And I look forward to see who in 2023 is going to step up to the plate to run in 2-4 for the mayor's seat for uh three seats in the uh school board now i know jim westerhide already announced congratulations jim uh you all can look forward to me doing an interview with him at some point in the near future here because as i said local elections matter And we need to make sure that the people we elect are actually on our team. And with that, this is According to Callus. This was my uh, special episode, I guess I'll call it. Special episode for Sunday, the 17th of July. And I will see you on the other side.